Welcome to another episode of the LeafCast. This week's episode is dedicated to fantasy football. So there's no Trump, there's no pandemic talk, there's no economic talk, there's no relationship talk, just straight fantasy football. Yo, I'm here with my uh, colleague and my co-host today, my brother, JP. JP, introduce yourself to the audience. Tell a little bit about, you know, how you like to play fantasy football and your experiences, and then we can kick it off from there. Now, how many leagues are you playing in this year? How many leagues do you typically play in, you know, and your thoughts going into this season? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been playing fantasy football for a long time. I don't want to date myself. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe a decade, probably longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it's it's a great way for me to engage the game of football because it's based on like talking to brothers that I know and talking to people I've known for a long time about football and all other things. So it's it's, it's definitely like a conversation piece and a fellowship piece and all of that. You know what I mean? Like football as a sport is a sport that it's kind of like our baseball. Mm-hmm. If you think about like our father's ages mm-hmm. and my dad. 90 and your dad, God rest his soul, you know, the fathers at that age, probably baseball was a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. but for us, all is our baseball for black men. Mm-hmm. And so fantasy football allows the granular statistical engagement that our fathers got from baseball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you, especially dudes in our age group, like, man, you know, we, I don't, I feel like I don't know that much. I know more probably than the average person about sports and numbers and stats and positions and all that stuff. But we know dudes who, who take an algorithmic approach to processing all of the data uh, uh, around football and fantasy football allows you to do that in a way. Uh, that can be challenging, interesting, and fun, and, and, and build with your friends. So, I'm, you know, I'm in two in a possible. I got two in a possible leagues here okay, this okay. year. I'm good with just one. I mean, sometimes I'll do two or three or whatever, but I'm good with just one. Usually, just our league. Mm-hmm. You know, I play. You know, and here's what I always try to say is: if I ever win a league, then I should definitely stay in it and play in it. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I hate dudes who come in, start winning, try to get lucky and win one, and then they. Then they out. They don't give you a chance. You don't ever defend your championship. So any league that I've won in, so our league qualifies. Is now I got close to winning. I don't remember, but close enough for me to say, all right, I need to stay in this league and play. <laughs> no, I feel like you came in second place um, at least one year that I recall. And I don't recall who won last year. Last year was a was a was a. I don't. I, don't, it, I wasn't really as engaged as I could have been. There was just a lot yeah. going on work wise, etc. But but he, here here's the thing, and I think to your point. So I I probably play in, I want to say eight to nine leagues. Um, my 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 wow. self imposed minimum is ten or maximum is ten. I can't wow. go wow. above ten. But I have won the big money league that I play in with you, and the rest yeah. of the leagues are like twenty dollar leagues that I play on Yahoo. No, the QZ league, I won. You won the QZ league once. I know I won the QZ league once. Won, the QZ yeah. league was like a G. Yeah. See, so the, you know, if you could collect your money, if you could, collect your money for these. But bro, I collected my dough. I collected all right. every single. I collect every, I don't know if you got every, everybody. All your dues when you won, but when I won the QZ league, I definitely got all my dough. Look, look, here, here's the thing. So now we're talking different stories, but just for the audience. So we had right. a league of um, dudes who were in our chapter 
And, you know, here's the thing. I like to play fantasy football. I don't, and I play, like I said, I play about under t- about 10 leagues max. That's a lot. Yeah, you, you, play, you put some time in. That's, that's dope. But, but, but the thing is about it is that the other nine leagues are leagues that are on the internet and the money's paid up front. Because the one thing mm. I don't like about fantasy football is if, if I had to say there's one thing I, I don't like to, about it, I don't like to collect the dues. Collecting yeah. the dues is, is a pain in the ass. You've done and, that a lot, though, bro. You've been commissioner yeah. for for a lot, for at least for our league, a lot of years. Yeah, you've been dog, commissioner. And, and, and I've, I've given, I, I you yeah. literally. So the reason why we don't do that QZ league anymore is because dudes didn't do dude stop paying dues, and I was like, at a certain point, in time, you know what it was. And here's, the, and I will say, I'll take responsibility for. I'm never a hard ass on dudes, dudes, especially because you know the people that I'm playing with are dudes that I know, or so it shouldn't be of issue. So I'm never really a hard ass on people paying their dues up front. But when you play the Yahoo leagues, they, you have to pay the money to get the league start. So money is already paid. But That's here dope. is the problem. And this is why we stopped playing in that league. So there was somebody in that league. Let's just call him Fredo. Um, <laughs> when Fredo won, as he was winning, I was going around asking bros for the money. And in some respects, it was like, do you want to give the money to Fredo? And I think people did not want to do that. And Fredo kind of was like upset at me about it. Like somehow I have like ownership over grown men. Like that was to me, that was the issue of that league. Like, and I'm like, you know, yeah, I a commissioner, it. a commissioner, no, 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 a commissioner in a fantasy football league. So it is serious. You're the trustee for the money, but it's a service you're providing to the group of friends. You ain't there to take nobody's bullshit. Agree totally with you on that point in terms of uh... make the motherfucking Neos run. To... Can somebody no. on, on campus run our shit? You know what? We should talk to spells about that. But here's the thing, and this is where I think people don't, or at least I think, you know, some Fredo didn't understand. I am only the commissioner for the monies that people have paid. I am not a bill collector. No, you're not. And and at at a point in time when people are not doing that, like there's only so much I can do. And I think, you know, that was something that rubbed him. Like somehow it was like some big thing. (laughs) <laughs> I, listen, that's also crazy to me. I'm not saying nothing about nobody, yeah. but to me, I collected my own money. That's the value of being in the chapter league. Is I mm. went to the mm. didn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, yeah. let me do that. You saw me do that. Yes, yes. So, See, this is this is the point of the Fredo issue, which was I was very transparent. I was like Fredo. No one, you know, there's like two people who are paid. Everyone else, no one else is paid. What do you want me to do? And, you know, like this and the third, I was like, bruh, at a certain point in time, the people that were talking about the same people, like you could reach out to me. Right. I hope I, I, hope I paid that year. I hope I did. <laughs> I no comment. Yeah, I hope I paid no, that year. No comment. I might, I, might owe you, I might owe you some dough. I don't know. Let me know, though. But you can come talk to me if I owe you. This, this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. But so there's some ups and downs with fantasy football. One of them can be about the collection of dough. Yeah, but in in the main, it's it's good fellowship for brothers. And, it's you know, it's a game we love. We grew up on game we love. Game game we grew up on. So 
Well, one of the things that we did I thought would be interesting, just as we're going to do a, a podcast, a weekly podcast. Yeah, we're going to update our team. We got a team. We drafted a team today. Drafted, drafted a team. A so we drafted a team right. with myself, yeah. JP, and then two yeah. other brothers. And yeah. uh, we're going to see two if we brothers, can get them on. Yeah, we'll get them on. That's the thing. Over the course of the season, if, if coronavirus doesn't kill the season, over yes. the course of the season, we'll get our other uh, GMs on with us, talk yes. about how the team is doing. We feel strong about the picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, the status of fantasy football, you know, how it's evolved a little bit over time, the way in which you change how you make picks, you know, and got we got into the weeds a little bit, too, about how people sometimes make picks based on last year's stats instead of thinking about this year's conditions like coaching scheme, things like that, or Corona or whatever is impacts the game. So it, it can get very deep very quick i think with, with with fantasy football anybody who's looked at it for a minute knows that already um but but it's 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 a good way to fellowship with brothers that you know agree agree so let's talk a little bit and this is i think you know as, as you as we talk about strategies there's multiple strategies that one can employ fantasy football um, one of the strategies has become popular of late and so it's interesting in terms of Drafting is a lot of times dictated about styles in terms of what your owners are going to take in terms of picks. So, you know, a lot of times, especially if you're playing in online, so we did this draft, a 10 person draft on Yahoo. So there's, we, we don't know any of these other people. So there's different skill levels, et cetera. But in my mind, you know, one of the things that I think always stands out is just in terms of like people strategies that they want to employ. Um, mm-hmm. Zero RB has become a popular strategy in the last the last couple of years. And what that really means is not taking a running back in the first four rounds. Typically, yeah. you're taking uh, three wide receivers and a quarterback, um, yeah. or maybe three top, three wide receivers and in, in, in a tight end, with the understanding that hey you know, the, the, the distinction between the value that you get in the first and second round for running backs is no different than you get in the fifth and sixth round. Also with understanding that, you know, you're going to work the waiver wire. So it's interesting. So in, 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 in some And then ways, we picked running backs in the first four rounds today. Running backs were picked first, first four rounds. And the game changed. We talked about this a little bit too. The game shifts and it changes. That's, that piece of it, by the way, is fascinating to me because it's mathematics, right? Mm-hmm. And so mathematics is what dictates in terms of how many numbers can be put up and whether it's a PPR league or some other kind of league, what, how the scoring system works in these leagues determines the statistical analysis that goes into how picks are made. So, so you know, the Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, when you look at the numbers and the numbers they can put up, they catch passes, they do different things, their touchdowns in, in certain leagues are worth, worth a couple points more, you know, they rise to the top of the, of, of, of the draft pool. But I think as a unit, the four of us, put together a strong team. I think it's a competitive team. It's not the team I would have built, right? Exactly, which is interesting. It's not the exact team I would have built. You, you, you know, you see how I build my teams. Mm-hmm. You see how I build my teams. Mm-hmm. But 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 I, I appreciate building a team with other people, taking that input, understanding, and just, you know, chilling, talking, talking shit, through it through the process, too. You so, know, it was fun. Let, let's, 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 with that being said, let's talk about the results of this draft. Mm-hmm. So if you do any Yahoo draft, one of the interesting parts about it is you get the Yahoo ranking. Um, so our Yahoo draft ranking, our grade was a C plus, mm-hmm. which is typically, um, so when I do these drafts on Yahoo, I typically average between a C and a C plus. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I average between a C and a C plus is because one, in terms of my rankings on players, 
maybe a little bit different than Yahoo's rankings on players. And then the way that I go about drafting players. So we talked about uh, quarterback, et cetera, a little bit different in the mainstream. So right. you're not going to see that, you know, great. But nonetheless, we can talk about the, the actual, you know, what Yahoo said, but let's just talk about the picks themselves. So we, yeah. had the, we had the number two pick overall in the draft. Yeah. So we took Saquon Barkley, which I mm-hmm. think, you know, that's chalk. Most, most, most draft boards you're going to see is in Sa- is Saquon Barkley. Then what's yeah. interesting is because you take, if, if you're at the number one pick in the draft and the draft is a snake, you have to wait 19. Basically your next pick is the 19th pick. Yeah, bruh. So because we took, we were number two. So we're, we're constantly on the back end of that snake. So Man. you get the benefit of taking Saquon Barkley in the second pick of the overall the draft. But then you've got to wait, you know, 18 picks until the next time you come up. So a lot of cats have gone off the board. And what I mean there is, by that is strategy for, there's the strategy. This, that's tough, but you have to take advantage of what you have. The strategy for that is to pick really, really well when you pick high and then to be thinking about the next pick as as landing that pick ahead of the curve of what people are looking for in the draft. Right. Agree. 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 You're, 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 you're looking at that, and I think you're also looking at the fact that when you come back around, when it swings back around to your pick, you're typically going to have back-to-back picks. You now, really have two. Instance, that's right. Yeah. Now, in this instance, we were, you know, there we were the second pick in the draft, so we basically had to wait a pick before our pick. But again, you, mm-hmm. you, you really can be able to get two players that you want every time it comes around to you. That's right. But you've got to be cognizant of that. So let's talk about the repercussions. So we took Saquon Barkley in the first pick. Then we had to wait. 18 picks to get back to us. Um, at that point in time, we took the best available running back on the board, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So let's. And who has, who has some upside? He has some upside for this year. I've uh, seen him go and go, go go pretty high in different drafts. That was a great pick for us, I think. In some ways, that's a more complicated and a better payoff pick than the Saquon Barkley pick. Well, here's the thing. It's I I'm personally I think that uh, Barkley is going to have I'm sorry not Barkley Josh Jacobs is going to have the breakout season of the top you know 15. Wow, wow! Because he killed it last year, killed it last year with a bum shoulder, and you say many things about John Gruden. John Gruden is still going to keep to the running game. X's and O's. Yeah, Yeah. X's and O's. But he's going to run the ball. I think the yep. only challenge for Josh Jacobs is he killed it last year, but in the games that he didn't kill it were games that they got they got behind by so many points, he they were no longer able to pound the ball. I mean, if you give him the ball 20 times, you're guaranteed 120 in a touchdown. Yeah, but, and especially doing it early is this key to that. And, and Gruden knows that. Doing so, establishing the running game early for them, for that team, is going to be great if they can do it. But it's I think to me, in my mind, his ability is really contingent upon the defense because the game's got to get close you right. know, for him to be able to continue. Right. So the, the real, I think the only shortcoming, if you talk about comparing Barkley to Jacobs is that Barkley has got more receiving potential than Jacobs is. Right? No question about that. That's right. So you, you, but again, I, I'm not mad at that. I think that those two picks in terms of being able to establish, you know, your running backs is optimal. Because if you and just not to go too long on this, but just in terms of a larger strategy, mm-hmm. in my mind, when you think about fantasy football, there's a core five that you want to be able to draft, meaning two wide receivers, two running backs, and that flex. And if you can really lock down that core five, everything That's else right. is is matchmaking and building out depth. 
So that's that's exactly kind of right. what we wanted to do here with this draft. So we took uh, Josh Jacobs. Then again, so now you take Josh Jacobs, and then we follow that up with our top wide receiver uh, on the board at that time, which is DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Hey, that's, you know, if you. Uh, I, so there's certain picks that you make in fantasy football that are not about the stats, about how you feel about a player. I feel mm-hmm. good about DeAndre Hopkins. He, he maybe he'll have a great year, maybe not, but he plays hard. He plays fast. I love his energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a player on the field, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have him on my team. Though. That's how I feel. Some, and sometimes picks are made like that. Sometimes it's about stats and numbers, performance and all that. Sometimes we're just like, yo, we like, we like this guy. And we like DeAndre Hopkins at this pick, for sure. I think it's a great pick. I mean, I'll put it to you like this. When you're at the – so you're at that third pick, you've got a couple – there was two, two different really options to go. One was to double down on running back and take right. – uh, and I think the guy that I was advocating for was uh, Miles Sanders from the East. Yeah, you were, you were. and we and we we had that debate. And listen, let me tell you something. I'll be the happiest guy on our on our GM squad if Miles Sanders has a great year. But I didn't see that pick at this point in the draft because we have a very very strong RB position already. Remember, in terms of just the flat out numbers, two RB slots, two wide receiver slots, and a lot of times. And this is controversial, I know, because people like putting running backs in the in the flex slot. A good wide receiver is a lot of times great to have in the flex spot, depending upon the special how flexible their position is. So if you if you put a wide receiver in the flex spot whose position is flexible, they return some kicks, return certain punts. Again, it only counts in certain leagues, but in those leagues, a ver a, a versatile wide receiver sometimes is better than a running back in in, in that flex spot. So so my science was we we gotta get strong on the wide receiver and DeAndre Hopkins was there yo this is just about life can we get a, can we get a fantasy football score for highlights for uh <laughs> highlight catches that yeah. additional point yeah yeah come on well, can they uh, please tell them tell them bro you know you all you play in a lot of these leagues tell them Put, you know, make it dope you can make it much fresher than what it is right now here's the thing I don't mind making a flagpole and saying hey because again, we're talking about that 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 core five, you know, we're going to have. If you if you take a wide receiver here at, at at three, the thought process is that wide receiver should be well within the top six wide receivers, and I think you can make that argument for DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah. not mad about it. Maybe so top five. Mad, maybe top five. But here's the thing about it: when you take DeAndre Hopkins at in the third round. Now you've got to go back and wait. Right, right, right. 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 So you right. got to wait. But, but in terms of the core, let's keep it in alignment with what you're thinking here, which is mm-hmm. the strategy we took. In terms of the core, we picked two running backs first up. Yep. So just in t- just if you're just talking about the first four you got to pick, you've got to think about a wide receiver in that first four. You might go back to running back at four, which I think we did. Mm-hmm. But, but, but you know, you, you got to get one wide receiver in the top four, period. No, no, look. So, 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 so here you do. So here's, here, here you go. So, Here's the, the so we take once you take DeAndre Hopkins, you got to come back and wait, and you wait. So we took DeAndre Hopkins at 22nd. Our next pick is 39, so you had to wait, you know, 18 picks. So by that time, the best available running back on the board, it was between Mark Ak- uh, Mark Ingram and Cam Akers. Right. So I can tell you, I typically go and, and again, let's let's be real. So we've got. 
because we're at the end of that snake, you really are the, 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 the drafting rating is kind of, it doesn't matter. You've got, it was David Johnson. We took in the fifth round, Mark Ingram right. in, the, in, the, in the fourth, but it really kind of picks apart 39 and 42. So I, I like Cam, I like Cam here, but I can't be mad at the consensus, which was Mark Ingram. Um, just because look, you're, he's in offense. That's going to run the ball. It's committed to yeah. running the ball. But yeah. more importantly than that, from my perspective, which really gives him value here, you know, is the fact that he's in an offense where he's got a great defense, meaning he's going to get the rock on multiple opportunities because that off that defense is going to keep the opposing team offense off the off the field, allowing him to stay on the field, and therefore more opportunities. And and he's running in the dome. He's running in the dome when he's home. You know, it, it, that's 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 an important. Beat. But but let's can we talk about the D Johnson pick because yeah yeah fantasy football fans, this is interesting when you're doing this as a team. We were split evenly on mm-hmm. the D Johnson pick between D mm-hmm. Johnson and Cam Akers, right? Mm-hmm. Like two yep. people wanted Akers, yep. two people wanted Johnson. Yep. And I can tell you, you know, the two people who wanted Akers were like, hey, this guy's spent. You know, J- Johnson is spent. He looks cooked on the field. It doesn't look mm-hmm. like he's going to have a good year. Mm-hmm. Akers is younger. And mm-hmm. generally speaking, picking running backs, picking younger, stronger ones sometimes pays off. I mean, if there's a proven veteran with a big contract who gets it every time they get to the one yard line, of course, you, you know, you, 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 you pick those guys, but in general, Acres is a, is a is a smarter pick. But again, for me, D Johnson, I've seen him in other leagues and in, in as a player on my team carry a team, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very recently, you know what I mean. He can carry that team. Now we don't want him to carry that team. We want that team to have a better offense than what they have right now. But mm-hmm. his set and his veteran pieces that to me makes me feel like he's going to do well. Now the great part about fantasy football is we'll be able to see the numbers don't lie. By the end of the season, we'll see if Akers was a better pick than Johnson. Well, here's the thing for me personally, when I draft. And so when we're looking for that fifth, cause you remember we talked about that core five. So now we're at, you know, kind of David Johnson's pick is the, the fifth, the last of that core five. And at that point in time, even at the sixth, even in the sixth round, but especially that fifth round, I like to be able to have a young back, mm-hmm. you know, somebody, you know, with a high upside. So David, you've been so great was, at picking, yo, just so people know, mm-hmm. you've been great at picking those backs in the leagues that you and I have competed in together. Yes. I think, I think you picked Kareem, Kareem Hunt uh-huh. early. You yep. picked Joe Mixon early. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and one other guy, too. One other is one other. Uh, there were, there were, there was a series of backs that you picked early in, in competitive fantasy yes. football yes. league play that, that blew up in those years early when they were young, when they were first coming in. And Kareem Hunt and Joe Mixon were certainly those. It shows, again, you got to watch the college game and the draft to understand the, the, the scouting reports on some of the, on some of the players coming into the league because. Some of those young offensive players coming into the league can be impact players. A lot of times that position is running back. Oh, yeah. So, so, so I, I'll put you like this. Number one, I don't watch a lot of college football. And, that, and I may watch like the Final Four. But other than that, I don't watch a lot of college football. I just Final typically don't have basketball. the bandwidth. Final Four is basketball. You mean the playoffs in college? Yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, whatever the playoff system is. But yeah, I don't watch a lot of uh, college football. But what I do do is, you know, like a week before the draft starts, yep. I'll start reading stuff. Yep. And in my mind, I focus on a couple of things. If a running back is taken in the first or second round, even the third round, but primarily the first and second round, mm-hmm. unless he shits the bed, he's typically going to be featured in that offense mm. because the, the running back position is too disposable 
so if you're taking a position, a player that high, you really think highly of them. So right. what I like to be able to do when I round out that five, that core five, is to have that running back. And what happens is if that running back pops, so typically before we before playing with a flex, he'd be on the bench. But if that running back pops, I can either put him in the flex. So, for instance, last year, I believe I had Josh Jacobs in a lot of leagues, right? And I took him third or fourth round in leagues. Hello? Yeah, can you hear I'm me? I'm still, I'm, I'm still, we're still, we're still on the phone. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. I hear yeah, you yeah, now. We're, we're good. So I was saying that um, I took Josh Jacobs last year in like the third or fourth round. And so I always mm-hmm. like to have at least one young running back, a single mm-hmm. player that mm-hmm. potentially can pop for me. Because mm-hmm. that player, if that player pops, it literally can separate you in terms of winning your league. Meaning yeah, if you've got a core, so just to go back, we started with our core, our two running back tandem, you know, is Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Young two running guys, backs. Two guys, running back. yep. young running backs, but two guys that we're predicting that are going to score us between the range of 25, 20 to 25 points every week. Yeah. So we're saying we're going to get a 50 spot out of the running back position. Now, if you can combine those Not every two, week, not every week, not every week, but some weeks we will, yes. On average, on average, these are dudes that should get you between 20 and 25 points. Yep. So then you, then the question is, if I can get those two guys that are going to get me an on average of 20, 25 points in my first two running back positions, if then I can then in my flex have a young running back who starts to blow up and they can, based upon matchup, give me 20 to 25. Wow. That's when I have a competitive You win match. every game. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. the fucking secret sauce yeah. behind yeah. breaking somebody is when yeah. you're able to, when they look at that team, they go, damn, there's a guy in the flex who's getting 25 games. Yeah. So, so let's go back. So the hope is here, David Johnson will do that. And let's talk, let's be fair to David Johnson. They traded for David Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. When, a, when a team trades for a player, that typically means that coach and the general manager and the staff is behind that player being They featured. want to feature that player, that's right. So he's going to be the featured back. And if you think about you know, the thing about Houston, it's an underrated offense, but it's a high-powered offense because they have Deshaun Watson. Yep. And here's a back. And it's David- a running offense. It is a running offense, bro. They're gonna run. They're gonna. They're gonna scheme a lot of running plays, so the blockers are gonna be well exercised. Well, here's the thing about David Johnson. Mm-hmm. David Johnson played wide receiver in college, mm-hmm. and transitioned to the running back position full time when he went to Arizona. So he's best in space. So the issue with him has been injuries. And I believe the last injury, it was like a upper body injury. I think it was his hand or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his leg should be fine. And if he's going to be in an offense where he can catch the ball, he's an excellent receiver. Mm-hmm. You're basically, and you remember before he got hurt, you know, you're talking about a guy who's getting drafted, you know, first five picks of the draft. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, you put him with a better quarterback. You know, again, Larry Tunsil's out there in the offensive line. You think about a lot of screen passes, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can see him blowing up. So I'm not mad at him, but I think there's a higher, there's 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 a there's a lower ceiling for him, a lower floor from him than the other players that we talked about. So, yeah. but 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 yeah. hey, so we took him in the fifth round. So now we've got to sit back and wait. 
17, 18 picks before our pick. And this in my mind, after you solidify that top five, now, depending upon what you've done, you can kind of play a little bit in terms of house money. Now, some people like to target the quarterback. And in my mind, if you're talking about the sixth round, the quarterbacks that you're really thinking about here are Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Russell Mm -hmm. Wilson, and Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson. What's the reoccurring theme in all four of those quarterbacks? They can all run the ball. Yep. And so that's a differentiator in terms of, you know, the scoring where you got a guy who can make plays with his legs as well as throwing the ball. Now, I like if, if, you know, in some respects, I'm happy at this point in time to go back to the well to get another running back. So Mm. let me give you an example. If there's a, if, if, if DeAndre Swift falls, in the sixth round, I'll take DeAndre. I'll take DeAndre Swift. I'll pass up on one of those quarterbacks that we took that we talk about, and with the hope that I'll fall back and be able to pick up a Josh Allen, who you know aesthetically does not look good, but in terms of statistics, he will. He makes plays with his legs. Yeah, makes he, plays he, with his legs. Makes plays with legs. plays. But but we took Deshaun Watson here, which I think Deshaun is Watson. a solid pick. This is a solid pick. Um, it makes sense in a lot of ways. Um, I hope they let him run a little bit more. I do, and I hope it doesn't cause an injury, but I do think he's more effective when he runs and moves a little bit more. But with D. Johnson there, I think they can set up a run-first offense without it always having to rely on him. Well, and even if that screens and short passes, consider that part of the running game for these guys because that's how athletic they are. And just let them fucking do their thing. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. So, so that's, that's the rationale for these picks in some ways for me is hopefully how they'll play together to, to make impact on football games. Oh, no. So we've set something up here with the Houston offense, and we'll, we'll get into that a couple of picks down. I, like, I don't challenge anything that you say, but here's what happens when you take a quarterback in the sixth round. Yeah. It, it takes, to me, I typically take a running back, and then a wide receiver in the sixth and seventh round. And the reason why I do that is to provide insurance for that yeah. flex position. Because remember, we're talking about a core five. And yeah. the thought process is, hey, for instance, we took David Johnson in the fifth round, but let's just say David Johnson gets hurt or he's got a bad yeah. matchup. You want to yeah. be able to say, okay, here, here's how you win championships in my mind, that we go back to the – the two running backs in the in the flex position, that mm-hmm. you can be able to go into a matchup and say, I look at my two running back positions and my flex as them all being ranked in the top 10 for matchups that week. If mm-hmm. those three positions can get you in the top 10, then you know it's 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 a hard place to beat someone. And my yep. point by that is. The only two guys are really going to be that are not going to have to, you don't have to ever worry about matchup on this team is going to be Barkley. Everybody else, even Josh Jacobs is somewhat matchup dependent. So you want to have, you want to be able to have as many options as available to you to get that 2025 within that top five, in that top five picks. But Deshaun Watson, to your point, because of the points that he can generate with his legs, it does make sense to pick him in the sixth round. So now we come back. But, bro, hold on. One, one more piece yeah. of your strategy has to be said here. It's not just insurance for that flex position to pick six, seven running back wide receiver, or sometimes I'll invert those wide receiver at six and running back at seven. 
But but the reason why sometimes it's better to go for those picks ahead of your quarterback is because when you just look at the math, having those backups for both bye weeks and injuries or lackluster performance because of the num- the number of slots though they take up four slots. Mm-hmm. So backing them up is very very important. The quarterback takes up one slot. Mm-hmm. The core takes or five slots mm-hmm. so backing up the core is way more important than picking even your first string quarterback when you measure that math mm-hmm. versus the math of the difference between the point totals week in and week out that someone like Deshaun Watson who's great is going to put up versus someone like fucking Baker Mayfield or, mm-hmm. or uh, the Daniel dude Jones. The, Jones even yeah. the Duke boy. Boy, you could we could have got the Duke boy and been pretty good. The difference in the math is not the same. I think Deshaun Watson is another one of those, you know, almost not say emotional, but like cultural picks. You know what I'm saying? Like we pick somebody because we like him, we want to see them do well, we want to see them win one. You know what I mean? Whatever reasons, there's other stuff that factors in into how, especially a team of people are going to make a pick. So Deshaun Watson is a, is a great pick at this at this round of this number, but there are other strategic options that we could have taken as a as a as as a management team on 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 our, on 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 this process. Other options, but here's the thing about Deshaun Watson. I think it also is important once we talk about a couple more of the draft picks. He's going to have some big games. He'll have some he's real big have, games. He's going to have some big games in terms of 300 yards, three yeah. or four touchdowns. But because yeah. he can run the ball, an explosive play, 30, 40 yards bar pop. That's what kind of makes him a differentiator. So mm-hmm. let's let's put a placeholder there on Deshaun Watson because we can talk about his value a little bit better once we kind of get a couple of rounds deeper into the draft. So we flipped back around and then we took Marquise Brown. Uh, we had some internet difficulties this time, so it was hard <laughs> to get this pick going. But this we is, got this Marquise is, Brown. This is the X pick right here. This is X yeah. because we were in process of 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 uh, you know uh, figuring it out, mediating the whole shit of what the pick should be. Technical difficulties meant you had to make an executive decision based upon half the information that we talked about at the time. Everybody was fine with this pick at this point because every pick we've made prior to this can be seen as a pretty strategic pick in the context of this type of shit. And we made picks throughout. So so if one is a little off, it's okay, but Marquise Brown, fine. Here, this is great. Well, here's the thing, because when I when literally when the conversation cut off for me and I was trying to log back onto the site, we were talking about Marquise Brown or Will Fuller. So I was, you know, again, I, I was leaning towards, I just took Marquise Brown because I had him ranked higher. But I took Marquise Brown, and the thought being for the Marquise Brown pick was that, and then the running backs at that point in time were garbage. So there wasn't a yeah. lot left. Yeah. And so yeah. here's the other point. When you go QB or when you go anything other than running back after the, after the sixth round, if you do anything other than that in the sixth round, you're basically saying the rest of it's going to be hard to find a starting running back after that. So at that point, basically all the starters have pretty much dried up. That's so right. I took Marquise Brown and thought being is that he's, you know, he played last year with a broken foot, basically. Um, he's going to get the long ball. And so my thought is here's a perfect dude to go with DeAndre Hopkins, which is more mm-hmm. of a steady you know, 10 receptions, production week in, week out. Yeah. We're just yeah. a boom player in Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. So we took the boom player in Marquise Brown, gamble. So now yeah. we have to wait to pick 79. We fall back and we take Antonio Gibson of the Redskins. Yeah. 
which is pick. My my point, my mind. This is the best pick. That's the Washington football team. Correct. Football team. No, correct. Yeah. You're very right. Washington football team. And I love this pick. And actually, this is a pick again where the 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 technology failed us. But we had been talking about Antonio Gibson. He was our yeah. highest rated player, so I just pulled the trigger on him. Yeah, and you, you get he this guy in the eighth round. In the oh, he made sense in the overall strategy we had anyway at that round at that pick. He made sense. And here's the thing to me: this is my boom guy for our team. Mm-hmm. This is my boom guy. There's some potential here uh, for, especially when you look at the defenses in the NFC, for this guy to have a good year. Not not only here's the thing that I like about and they this cut pick. AP and they cut AP bro that that's what I was about to say so if you here's the thing about I like about this pick there is no you know after guys choked the woman and then Adrian Peterson got cut there is no number one r- running back really in Washington that's Gibson right. was drafted I believe in the third round so yep. this goes back to like what I think about in terms yep. of I, he meets you know, that he meets that threshold he meets, he meets that, that threshold. threshold there's another guy Bryce Love there. Um, Bryce Love is my understanding, and this guy went to Stanford. He got hurt last year, didn't play. Anyway, he's a third down back anyway. Yeah, exactly. He's looked as a third down back. This guy, Antonio Gibson, is somewhat of a kind of a, of a jack-of-all-trades back as well. But we'll see how it plays out just in terms of someone's got to get the ball. So we take him here at eight. Then we wait two picks, and who's available to us? Will Fuller. Fuller, the guy who we <laughs> thought we were going to pick. Yes. Right. Thought we should have picked it, but now we got them both. That's the beauty of the draft sometimes. So, so here, here's the here's the thing about this. So, Marquise Brown was a higher player, higher rated player. I don't think that Marquise Brown would have been available in the ninth round. Will That's right. Fuller has been underrated all all in most drafts, and I think the reason behind that is people don't remember him because he's been hurt. But yeah. here's the one thing we do know. He's now, in my mind, the number one because there is no more DeAndre Hopkins on Houston. So here's what we ended up with coming out, drafting the number two uh, slot. We got Deshaun Watson. We got his check down running back and David Johnson. We got his number one wide receiver in Will Fuller. Yeah, we, we're loving it. We're watching every Houston game. We're, we're watching every. <laughs> we're watching every Houston game. Every Houston. Basically, if you play, if, you know, especially when Houston has a great matchup, you're looking at three splash players that are now, you know, can put up some serious numbers on you. And there's nothing better in my mind than doubling the points. Meaning when your quarterback throws to your wide receiver and you own both the wide receiver and the quarterback, or when your quarterback throws to the running back and you own both. Bro, the year that I I came in second place, I had Cam and McCaffrey. Yeah. The year I came in second place, I had Cam and McCaffrey. I was killing, killing. You can literally put up between Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller, you can get close to 100 points. Mm. If both of them have a splash game and because they're throwing to each other, I mean, because they're basically, like, you can have a huge fucking game that can break your opponent. We have to keep that in mind. We have to keep that in mind. Every week that Houston plays against weak DBs, every week that Houston plays against weak defenses, we should have our all-Houston lineup in in our in our squad, agreed. Because here's the thing about Houston, and I wonder if I can get his. Yeah, his. Look, here's a perfect example. First game of the season is Thursday against uh, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Big in game. Mind, Big game. We would start. Uh, Fuller Will in the Fuller, flex. Will Fuller yeah. at the flex. D Johnson yeah, with Saquon. 
Yeah. 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 yeah so bro. you've got a lot of flexibility there. So let's um flip through the rest of these picks quickly. Yeah, come on. We're being too long with it. We yeah. said we were going to give a whole long dissertation. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, but, but it's interesting. But let's, let's, so I'm just going to read the rest of them to you, and then we can talk about anything that stands out with the rest of these picks. Because I think, you know, going through the ninth pick is instructional for people to understand, hey, here's a strategy as it relates to draft. Um, tenth pick, we took Sterling Shepard. Eleventh uh, yep. pick, we took Mike Gasicki. Who's the tight end from Miami? I was arguing for an earlier tight end pick of Evan Ingram in earlier rounds. We could have grabbed him. I'm still a little bit sad about that, but I understand that you know it's difficult for us to it's difficult to persuade a team of GMs about picking a tight end because I've experienced leagues where I've lost because not having good tight end production, yo. It's a slept on position in the draft process. It definitely is a slept on position in draft you process. Have tight, you have a tight end in position every week. You gotta have somebody in that position every week. And if that's some, if that's somebody putting them zero to three points, you're gonna yeah. lose a lot of games based on that. I've yeah. lost a lot of games just a few points, and so I know we need the core, and the tight end is not considered part of the core. Mm-hmm. But we, we, you know, if you have a good tight end who's 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 dropping eight to ten points for you every week, that is a lot of games. A lot of games I've played in, I should say, no, I are just decided by that margin. But here's the deal, and here's what I would point to. I think I don't I don't I, I agree with you that you've got to be able to get points out of the tight end position, but I would argue last year Darren Waller was a late to undrafted player, Mark Andrews late to undrafted player, yeah. and now you see these guys going fifth and sixth round. And again, I think the challenge with that is if they you know again I'm not disputing your your, your point, but I guess the whole point is to me Chris Herndon, the tight end for the Jets, in yeah. my mind could have the same amount of points if not more. Than the Miami tight end, like the Miami tight end is decent because um, Fitzgerald is going to throw him the ball, but Chris right. Herndon is dope. You know what I mean? So it's it's not as though I, I still think you can get value later on. But let's continue with these. But, but I think just one more thing about tight ends. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted to get Dallas Goddard too because I felt like okay. picking a tight end is about picking a chemistry between the tight end and the quarterback for that particular year. For Wentz is healthy, Dallas Goddard, especially because Zach Ertz is on the other side. He's going to get a lot of good looks. He's a good player. He's going to get TDs. I think he's a great pick. But, again, it's a team of GMs that we're working with here. I couldn't couldn't make the case for him. No, look, hey, I, I don't dispute you with Goller, especially with the other, uh, you know, the injuries that they have, the receiver position. But I think mm-hmm. when we talk about that, it's also important to look at it in the context of the eighth pick that we took was Antonio Gibson, another right. splash player. You know, right. Will Fuller went in the ninth. So those eighth yeah. and ninth round are typically when you would be able to get – you know, Ingram, a lot of those guys. If, if I go tight end, I'm taking tight end eighth and ninth round. Like I said, and those are players that you named are players that I definitely would think about those positions. Yeah. Twelfth um, round, we took uh, Pittsburgh, typically higher than I like to take um, defenses. We were happy to get Pittsburgh as our defense, though, at this point in the draft. I was happy. I, I'm not mad about Pittsburgh at all, but I guess my thought is the defense that I think is a sleeper is uh, Dallas's defense. Maybe I'm. I'm I think Buffalo's a sleeper. I look, think yeah, Buffalo sleeper. typically gets drafted. Dallas, I've able, I've been able to get with the last pick in drafts that I've done, mm. and I think anytime you get people don't remember Alden Smith when he played with the 49ers. He's been out of the league for several years, but he's back. 
Um, I think I think they're going to be significant as it relates to uh, sacks, turnovers, et cetera. But we'll see. But again, I think, you know, it's another position I think you can wait in on drafts. But at that point in time, there's a lot of garbage out there. So I wasn't too mad about the pick. And everyone mm-hmm. else seemed to be comfortable with it. Uh, 13th pick, we took Jared Goff. I think this this goes back to <laughs> what a steal. What a yeah, steal, look, yo. You can win the thirteenth round <laughs> and get your backup quarterback. Which, and what that tells you, what that tells you, because Jared Goff could be our starting quarterback. And I'm yeah. telling you, be some weeks where he is going to make Deshaun look very sad as a quarterback over the course of the season. I'm telling you. Look, this is this is so so I think you know, pick a running back or a wide receiver with that pick of Deshaun Jackson and still gotten Jared Goff all the way down here. That's that's a mind-boggling thing about the process, bro. Well, so so here's the argument. So this is interesting because I believe you can stream Jared Goff in tandem with another quarterback all season. Meaning, based upon the matchup, you start Jared Goff or you start whoever the other quarterback you have. Yeah. Here, we took Deshaun Watson. And obviously, we talked about the splash plays that D- D- Deshaun Watson can make. Yeah, he'll give you some big games. He will. So, so but but the thought process is we could have taken at number six, in the sixth round, another running back. Right, that would allow us to have taken the tight end in the eighth round, right? Right, and started right. Jared Goff right. in the 13th, and then maybe picked up you know a judge, right. a burrow, or whoever yeah. the fuck you know, uh, what I'm saying so. There's different, a whole you, you, different trajectory, yes, yeah, a whole yeah. different, trajectory, yeah. yeah. So, let you know again, you, you, Jared Goff here, 13th round, great backup quarterback to have. Then we took uh Sony Michelle, and then finally Greg Zerlon. Um, mm. very briefly. The one pick that I like, and I like him for the short term, is Sony Michel. Mm. And, and let me tell you why I say that. Um, Lamar Jackson uh, was was uh, was a free agent signing by the New England Patriots. He mm-hmm. got cut. Um, this other kid, Harris, third round pick they drafted last year, he hurt his finger. So in terms of the early down work, it's basically Sony Michel. So I don't know where things may end with Sonny Michelle by the end of the season, but I think if you are, if you want to stash that, or, uh, or if you want to look at a, a, a starting running back for your flex position, Sonny Michelle is not a bad option to have at all, especially when we were able to get him at the 13th round of the draft. Yeah. You know, what's interesting to me is that the Sonny Michelle pick to me feels like, some of these other picks as you made in the past that I've talked about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the like the Kareem Hunt pick, mm-hmm. uh, like the Joe Mixon pick. Sonny Michelle to me feels like that. We'll see. We'll see. You know, the, the, <laughs> like I said, great part about fantasy football is uh, the numbers determine everything for you. So Look, uh, he gives us insurance in terms of that's you right. know, David Johnson. That's right. And, and, and if anybody know, wants to have a bum season, anybody who wants to have a bum season, go right ahead. We got, For, we got him in the background, we got, or we can use him, you know, as draft uh, collateral to be able to pick up, you know, a better tight end uh, going down the line. So, to me, you, you you take players not only for insurance, but you also take players as collateral to be able to use him yeah. to augment yeah. other positions. So, his yeah. value right now may be a 14th round pick. But once the season starts and he has yeah. a starting running back for a team with Cam Newton and he starts to put in work, you can easily see him being parlayed into a much more significant player. So I'm happy to have him on the roster. Um, yeah. So we, we've done a good run out, rundown here of everything. And, and I think, you know, 
We'll do this every Tuesday, and what we'll do is we'll talk about how this team fared uh, in its first week matchup, and we'll also talk about uh, the free agent uh, waiver wire process, et cetera. So this team, you know, as we talked about, is really co-owned, not co-owned. There's four owners for this team. I think it'll be interesting, very savvy dudes. Um, I'm interested to let the majority play out because I want to compare how this team does as compared to some of some other teams that I have that obviously I have sole ownership. So I mean, I'm open to different strategies, you know, to seeing how things go. I, but think, everybody submit their li- I think everybody should submit their lineups before Thursday each week and we should compare results of our lineups. Yep. 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 I think we should do that. I don't think there'll be, I mean, again, I think it'll be interesting as we go into the first week and we should think about, maybe we want to have a discussion about starting benching players. I think that'll be helpful for players, you know, listening to the show, but uh, yeah, I think it'll be some interesting discussions. I mean, to me, I think the most interesting discussions are going to be around the flex players because as it, as it is right now, your, your, your hope is that you should be able to start Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley every week. Um, Deshaun yeah. Jackson should be your locked-in starter every week. Um, but this and, you know, mm-hmm. D. Johnson might be the flex this week just because of the Houston shit. Or Will oh. Fuller. You got to think about Will Fuller or D. Johnson. That's the thing. It gets yeah, complicated. So, the, the, so, these are, so these are discussions to be had, but I would argue you can put Will Fuller uh, in, the, in, the, in the second wide receiver slot. So, yes. You know, yes, so, you yep. so there's a yep. lot of different things, yep. a lot of different things to play around with. We got a lot of options. And I think so there's two big things. And I'll leave, leave, leave this podcast with this for winning fantasy football. Number one, you've got to be successful in the draft. Right. Mm-hmm. But then number two, you've got to be successful in your waiver wire. But number three. And this is probably right, the most important right, hold on. thing. No, no, but, no, because people sleep on the waiver. People sleep on the waiver wire. But I'm telling you, I've made it to the playoffs just off the strength of solid waiver wire, like being on there, being on every week, making adjustments yeah. every week. I've made the playoffs. You, you've got to, you've got. I, I think that's you're a thousand percent right. right. Every season, there is a guy who is a game or a, a league changer who is picked yep. up off the waiver wire. Yep. So you've got and to be flexible. You can watch him blow out a game late on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. On, hop on and try to pick him up before anybody else starts to see it. And mm-hmm. school, you can do it. Yes. Yes. Look, there is going to be every year breakout dudes who you never thought about. It's on the That's waiver right. wire. You've got to work the waiver wire. Um, definitely do that. But the third thing, and, and this is where I think a lot of times, especially if you look at our team, which is kind of a stacked team, it's a 10-man league, so most teams are going to be stacked, but I think the arts is definitely loaded. The biggest thing that you want to be able to do is make the appropriate starters. Right. So you right. can have, you know, David Johnson on your team, but if you don't start mm-hmm. David Johnson when he puts up 30 points, then what the fuck good does it mean, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the start and sit decisions which you're really going to control. Those are killer, those kill that crapshoot right there. Cool, cool, cool. That's the crapshoot. Well, look at bro. Thank you for walking through the draft. Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's a lot. That's heavy. That's a lot. But for anybody interested in what we're doing, here you go. Everything is right there. Right there. We've laid it out there. I look forward to um, rejoining you next week to talk about. You know how things were, how things went down in our preparation for next week. We can do waiver wires, all that kind of good talk. Um, 
Appreciate you joining, JP. I'm going to put this up as soon as possible so folks can have access to it. Do your thing, bro. All right, no, keep doing your thing. Yo, you're killing you on the communications, bro. Keep doing <laughs> I appreciate your encouragement, doggy. I'll talk a little bit. All right. All right peace. peace.